Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. And we actually have a different quarterback to talk about today. Potentially being number one. Depending on how much you want to believe in the story. The controversy brewed by Reddit happening again. I'm down with it because... We are in the industry of content. We're going to give you some of that content here on Wesson Walker from 12 to 3 p.m. And you can join in with your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. I'm in a good mood. I'm ready to roll with this show today. I'm happy about it. Wes has taken like three different videos already. We're, we're already going to continue to keep giving you some of those reels on Westcott Range, on the Instagram account. At WFNZ, at Wesson Walker, follow all of those social <laughs> That's media. Right, baby. Do we have any more? Are we? I feel like we create something different every. I just maybe I just hear a bunch in your in my head whenever you're trying to pub some of the accounts that we have. Do yeah, we man. Add any more? Uh, no, I don't think we do. Like I said, the personal. You have the Twitter. Do we have Snapchat yet? We do not have Snapchat <laughs> and TikTok. We can start doing that though if you want to. No, too. We can start no. doing the dances and all that. <laughs> I don't want to do any dances. I just want those waddle. would do numbers. I know, but I'm, I ain't with it. I just I just want to waddle in the privacy of the Planet Kia oh. Studios. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to do anything else, and I want Fiddy to keep twerking whenever he likes a song that's coming in. That's what I want to see continue on. All right, let's talk about Bryce Young being the number one overall pick. But wait, Vegas, Reddit, they're saying not so fast. Somebody is climbing up the odds list. Let's dive in right now with the bus driver opening up the doors. Let's hop off, Fiddy. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. Wes, you have told me not to go all the way in, ten toes down, put it in cement, concrete, whatever hard substance you want to put the actual prediction in, saying Will Levis has moved up to plus 600 odds to be the number one pick and not to say Bryce Young is going to be the number one pick outright. So now we have Will Levis up there. You talked about Anthony Richardson. Do you believe in this Will Levis news that is coming up about him possibly being that number one overall selection with the odds now being in the favor? He's second. Bryce Young is still one. But the fact that Will Levis is second is interesting to me. I mean, this is crazy. Things get leaked that people want to get leaked, right? Why would he tell people that if he didn't know something, if there wasn't some fire (laughs) to the smoke? I mean, I'm not saying they're going to take him. But, man, I told you, I just don't think this process has been seamless. I think there's been a lot of back and forth on who people want. Remember, early in the process, I believe he was the first guy that we heard that David Tepper was enamored with. It was. I did. Look, so so I'm not going to lie. I didn't think about that. As soon as it moved up, as soon as I saw that report and was looking at the FanDuel odds, I was like, all right, wait a minute. Why is this happening? There's no way I can get moved off that quickly because I've been on the Bryce Young wagon this entire time. There's no way I can be moved off of that so easily. And look, 
things can change so drastically when you're talking about even just a few hundred bucks being put on some player to be the number one overall pick. And then when something like this Reddit page that has the influence that it does suggests that Will Levis is going to be number one, then that might move the odds. Now, what's great about this is now you might be able to make more of a profit if you get on Bryce Young now. If his odds were to come down and we got this thing really catching traction, then you can make some more money betting on Bryce Young, which is the exact angle I would say to go ahead and take. But yeah, I'm not buying into it. The only reason it's interesting is because we are two days out from the draft and we finally got something different other than Bryce Young being the number one overall selection, but I'm not buying into it. We are doing this real series. We are putting out some of these videos we talked about. And we're just having fun with the idea of different QBs being that number one overall pick. We did have Will Levis up there today. You did ask, how would I think Will Levis would fit with this organization? How surprised would I be? I'll give you the latter first. I would be shocked if Will Levis, even with this report, would be the number one overall pick. But just hypothetically, uh, Wes, if Will was a part of this team, How much would that change your opinion on how much they would actually compete this year and beyond with him as the QB instead of Bryce Young? Well, the argument that you see for him is the talent around him caused the numbers that they caused. You think about Josh Allen and the talent that he played with, and you think about the fact that a lot of NFL quarterbacks that thrive come from places where they had to be the catalyst. They had to be the one that made the talent around them work, and so that's going in his favor. I think with this coaching staff, the same argument we made about Anthony Richardson is the same one that we could make for Will Levis, that this coaching staff, if they're worth their salt, they can take this young man and coach out some of those Mm -hmm. bad habits, some of those things that may cause him to be unsuccessful. He's got all the athletic tools. His S2 score was right up there with anybody's, which is showing that he can indeed process. I don't know how he's been on a chalkboard, but I would imagine he's been very good. So... If the Panthers did take him, you would have to think it's because of the confidence they have in this coaching staff, and they love the physical tools that he possesses. Yeah, I think that would be the sales pitch. That would be the sales pitch that Carolina would have to put forth. If he was the pick over Bryce, I want people to tell me via the text line how they would react (laughs) if they took the guy that eats the banana with the peel still on and mean mugging the camera, which I think adds a different level to this because the only way we've talked about the weird eating habits of the Kentucky QB is him just eating the banana with the peel on it, putting the mayo in the coffee. But why is he mean mugging the camera while doing it? He's almost defiant in his way of doing it. You either appreciate it more because he's not going to be swayed off of the weird eating habits or it creeps you out more that you like it so much and you're staring into my soul. That needs to be an important part of this discussion. Why is Will staring at me while eating the banana and also putting the mayo in the coffee? How would you react if Will Levis was the announcement, him being number one overall, 704 Wait a minute, if he became a pick, do you think mayo and coffee would become a thing around him? Would restaurants start <sighs> offering that around the stadium? If it's, he became a stud, I think it happened. You didn't pick something marketable. You, you pick something that is not marketable. Can you imagine? Yeah, nobody is lining up to try to get the mayo and the banana. It reminds me of Anthony Davis sporting the unibrow. Nobody else was trying to sport the unibrow like Anthony Davis because <laughs> it didn't look good. This is not what is marketable with Will Levis. The Snickers bar coming out with the Bryce cream bar 
for Bryce Young. That's marketable. Marketable. That's what I want to roll with. Please give me the Snickers bar with Bryce Young on it rather than whatever Maxwell House Brian coming in with some tweets and some texts here joking about how the banana business, Maxwell House for coffee, they're trying to prop up these odds. Like, I want to have the ice cream. This is exactly what it is. Bryce's ice cream, Will Levis's mayo with coffee. There's an easy selection at number one. But you could bet your bottom dollar if this guy comes in <laughs> and is a stud and the Panthers win games and get to the playoffs and he's everything you want him to be, there will be people around the stadium eating bananas. There will be people uh. creating social media videos, doing all these things. It's going to become a thing. You're going to go to a restaurant around here for breakfast that's near the stadium and they will ask you if you want mayo and your coffee. Uh, Casey, Steve, all right, let's get to some of the reactions. As soon as I asked that, it's funny, I got like 15 immediately and then they just started to roll in casey steve wrote in if will levis is their pick you will see me on espn going viral after i lose my mind might cry on live tv <laughs> yes because the draft is in kansas city I, casey steve i'm gonna put something out there just to see if you want to pick it up if you can i would like for you to put some kind of sign together that talks about how much you love wes and walker and I would love to see that sign while we're watching the NFL draft at the draft party at 1058 Thomas Davis's house. And if we could see that somehow, that would be fantastic. Put it WFNZ, too. I'm just saying, if you want to make that sign, that would be great. Just want to throw it out there if you would like to pick up what I'm putting down. 980 number said, if Will's the pick, I'm done with them. Cowherd said, now this is the part, right? If we trade it up, if we trade it up, trade a DJ Moore and essentially Christian McCaffrey... For Will Levis, I want blood. <laughs> He's not going to be happy with any of that, and I can Dead imagine gun. why. Scott must not want to be in Carolina if we pick Will over Bryce. Do you think this would lead to a firing after year one if it looked so bad? <laughs> if it looked bad, but I don't believe these fans. If he comes in and he's balling, everybody will be loving him and talking about how they wanted him all along. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want some other ideas as well. So while you're telling me how you would react if Will Levis was the selection, I also want more marketing ideas for Bryce Young mm. if he's the selection. Matt Carter actually got this rolling a few days ago on Twitter. He tweeted at Walker Mail and at Westcott Range. He says, is it too soon to start the Bryce puns? I was thinking Bryce for impact. Very good. Another one, Bryce the Dust. That's excellent. And Bryce, Bryce, Baby, which is simple but had mm, to be mentioned. That's pretty good. I, I want all of it. Bryce, Bryce, Baby. Another one, Bryce the Dust. And Bryce for Impact. I want any of the Bryce Young puns that you can muster up, and I want you to text all of that into the Garage Door Guru text line. Speaking of the draft party, did want to mention that it's back, and this time it's in the home of Panther great Thomas Davis. You can enjoy, you can join and enjoy the entire WFNZ crew next Thursday, April 27th at 1058 Sports Bar. It's just across from Truist Field at 430 West 4th Street. Um, again, the Panthers are on the clock. We have you covered. The official home of the Charlotte sports fan sports radio 92.7 wfnz great food and drink specials it's going to be an awesome night great food anyway right just order the food it'll be fantastic as well and we'll be hanging out with you from 5 to 9 p.m maybe a little bit beyond too who knows we might be partying here on the wesson walker show <laughs> let's move on to the next segment scott fitterer he talked with adam schefter on his podcast about the process trading up to number one overall it's coming up next wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz
We are welcoming all Bryce Young puns into the text line, and we've got some great ones already. The most popular, and I'm surprised we didn't think about this, but Bryce Up, son, Bryce Up, has been mentioned by a lot. I have to imagine that is going to be ran away with. That That's going to be a thing here. With Bryce Young being the number one pick, once that name is called, Bryce Up, son, Bryce Up, that's going to be a thing, and I'm so here for it. And I wonder... Steve Smith, that's going to be like, we need him to say it. I think Steve Smith is going to be joining Kyle Bailey today. I think that's correct. So if that's the case, I want you to get the drop that we need the drop, Kyle, please, (laughs) please. That would be fantastic. Steve Smith coming on, who is a big fan of Bryce Young. We've got a lot more text to get to as well. So let me try to go rapid fire as much as I can. Um, Brandon and Indian trail wrote in. I'd be majorly bummed if Will Levis was the pick. Eventually, I would come around and restore faith in this coaching staff and hope for the best, but I'm still team Bryce Young. Probably the most level-headed text we're going to get on that. (laughs) Everybody else, not too happy. Casey Steve said, if Will Levis is their pick, yep, you'll see me on ESPN going viral after I lose my mind. CJ was coming up with a couple of other of the puns. Bryce in my veins? Do you like that one? Bryce in my veins? I do like that. Do we need to get off of the the ice rhyme? No, I like that. Okay. Um, Andy wrote in. An anti-slogan. The Bryce is wrong, bleep. <laughs> so we can Bryce. Happy Gilmore, though. That's good. Um, plus, Bryce is right. That's a good one. Let's look at some other ones. Uh, oh, man, this one's bad. 828 number wrote in. Bryce Krispies if he snaps, crackles, and pops. That would be bad. We don't want Bryce Krispies. We don't want any of that. Um, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling for some more text. Uh, 980 number is singing. Ain't no Bryce like the one we got. That's that's not even rhyming, right? Oh, you like that one? Fitty, did did you even get the reference and do you like it? Uh, You're just hitting numbers and, right. and sound yeah, bites I, over there. I just liked it. Okay, that's fair. Uh, 704 said, we need the Wes and Walker TikTok dances because that's something you threw out. <laughs> I told you they do numbers if we did it. I just don't. I'm not particularly thrilled about doing that either. No, I don't want to do any. Please, please not. Uh, YB Normal said, Bryce Squad. Um, and then this is a good one. I really like this. 704 said when he rolls outside and he slings a pass for a touchdown, that would be a lucky roll of the Bryce. Mm, no. <laughs> oh, come on. I like it. You like so, that one? No, I do. Lucky roll of the Bryce. You'll move it outside the pocket. No. Am I lame for life? It's all right. No, you're not I lame like for it. it. All right, I, the, I see the vision. A couple people were playing off the last name too. Forever young. So anything that's, that could be a good dope. hashtag. Yeah. Uh, young and the restless. Pretty low hanging fruit. It is low hanging fruit. Uh, now here's a couple ones that I that I came up with. Um, if he ever plays the Dolphins, we can call him Miami Bryce. Okay, so we just need. I to drown in a pool, lame. Yeah, that's that's true, Willie. I, I can identify with that. Last one I'll have. I don't know how to work somehow, but of Bryce and men. Off of the great novel yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, trying to make it work. <laughs> I'm trying. Seriously? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I'm trying to make some stuff work here. We can move. Oh, Bryce Spice is good. Bryce Aroni? Oh, that's lame enough to where I actually like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both of yours were a reach as if the Panthers were to draft Will Levis number one overall. Just let the text line do their thing, Walker. Okay. No, they're do- there's a lot. I mean, it's uh, overwhelming. We appreciate it. We're going to try to get to some more of that. I-, I do think we need to move on because we had Scott Fitter joined the Adam Schefter podcast. Now, according to the podcast that dropped yesterday, I think they had at yesterday's time recorded 
their segment nine days earlier okay. just to kind of give everybody an overview of what was happening because Fiddy reminded me today apparently today is decision day that's what he said when he spoke to media just last week that he and Frank Reich will get together and they'll come to a final decision at some point now during the podcast that he had with Adam Schefter he also talked about how he and Frank Reich will sit down They'll talk about the actual final selection. I think he said they were going to do that either Friday or Monday, which is already passed as of this point, just to get the timeline a little bit clear. I know some of it can be confusing. And so it looks like it's decision day here, Wes. I, it's funny because Scott Fitter also talked about how he and Frank Reich, they know which way the other one is leaning, but they haven't come out and definitively named the number one overall selection if it were solely within their power. And this is something that you didn't like or did you care about the fact that they haven't had their definitive pick yet? What was the process that Scott Fitterer talked about? What stands out in your mind when it comes to Frank Reich and Fitterer making this choice? Well, again, like I said, I just keep pointing back to human nature. I just feel like guys, when they have so many options, it's hard to choose. You know what I'm saying? I compared it, uh, you know, to beautiful women. If you had your choice of those, it would be hard to pick one. If you were a single man, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I feel like it's the same thing. There are two different types of, just likes that these guys have. I mean, Frank Reich being an ex-quarterback, being around the league so much, feeling like he knows strongly what works in the league and what doesn't. And he's seen more of the big, strong, fast, powerful arm work than he's seen the small, light in the behind type of quarterback work in the league. And then Scott Fitterer, he may be a little bit more on the progressive side of thinking. He's been in the war room when they talked about Russell Wilson. He's seen what Russell Wilson could do up close, how he transformed the franchise. So I think that kind of plays into both of their ways of thinking. I'm not surprised at all. And I'm just very, really fascinated to see how that's going to come together with those two. It, it is going to be fascinating. Now, we do know whatever quarterback that is going to be that number one pick, we all expect it'll be Bryce. Young, Will Levis is moving up on the odds. You have made the case for Anthony Richardson. It used to be C.J. Stroud. It feels like now with Will Levis having a little bit of conversation with these odds moving up, now everyone has had their day in the sun, Wes, being that potential number one overall pick. Bryce Young is still the guy, but everybody at least now has had some sort of storyline surrounding them. Whoever the QB is going to be, the Panthers have undoubtedly done a great job of putting together a coaching staff, putting together a great environment for that young QB to thrive. And that's exactly what Scott Fitterer was talking about with Adam Schefter. When we signed Andy Bell, he had to play as a rookie. Andy doesn't win the job, and, and so as a rookie starting, he can help them understand the challenges that he went through as a rookie starter. He's a great, smart guy in that role. It's important for us to figure out who we're going to pair with these young guys. Because we have Matt Corral on the roster, too, who we took in the third round last year. But who's going to be a good mentor in that role? Josh McCown is in that role and not far off a playing career. He can have a major impact in that. We have Jim Caldwell here, who is great with quarterbacks. Parks Frazier, Thomas Brown's our, our OC. So everything we've done is in order to support a young quarterback and help develop those quarterbacks. I, I don't think we can overstate just how nice of a job that team has done over there this offseason. You, you look at a number one overall pick, and you immediately want them to be in a good position because nobody wants these guys to fail unless you know you hated the school or whatever, right? You all want – you hate seeing these guys not live up to their expectations or not live up to their potential hype. You just, I don't I don't want anybody to fail. Like That's just how I am unless I'm pulling against you during the NFL, right? And Panthers are playing you. I want you to fail that game. But the Panthers have done a whole hell of a lot to try to deter that. 
and not like what Jacksonville did when they drafted generational Trevor Lawrence. Cincinnati, you know, they got Jamar Chase. They focused on weapons, but you still had a lot of worries about that offensive line. And you know what? Eventually, Joe Burrow got hurt and missed majority of his rookie season or the latter half of it, if you will. Carolina is trying to get out in front of all of that. They have tried to build the offensive line to where you feel good about it. They have tried to at least bring some average level of skill set or as far as the pass catchers go, Sanders, Hurst, Thielen, DJ Chark, even after they traded DJ Moore away. And this is the part that is the most interesting to me. The fact that David Tepper does not see any cap restrictions, going to hire a coaching staff, and then getting anybody he wanted to and outbidding. Because it's, I, I don't know if Ajero Avero would have chosen Carolina above all else, but that money's pretty good over here with the second richest owner in the NFL. And you know what? He actually left the organization that does have the richest owner with the Denver Broncos. That's what I like. I, I just, Carolina has done as good of a job as anybody who has the number one overall pick of making sure the environment is right for whatever that QB is going to be. Yeah, and I mean, it's like when you talk about the NFL, I mean, what team doesn't try to put things in place to help a quarterback, right? But the Panthers were just in a good position to where they were able to get up, get the pick away from the Bears because when you talk about the offensive line, sure, you could have a porous offensive line against the quarterback hit a lot, and yes, that increases the chance for injury, but you can have a great offensive line, quarterback take a wrong hit, do the wrong thing, still be out as well. But I think as far as just everything that they have supplemented this quarterback with, they will come into a better situation than pretty much any number one draft pick that I could think of. And so I think that that really bodes well for this team. And I think also it it puts more expectations on this draft pick because they're saying, hey, man, it's not like you're coming in here to an offensive line where you have to run for your life and you don't have a running game and you don't have support. You've got everything you need here to succeed. So the quarterback that comes into this team is going to have to be a guy that's built to handle expectations early because they're going to be there. The expectations, I would say, will be moderate this year. But then the second year, especially if they're somewhat successful, they're going to ramp up so that's also part of the equation as well which of these young quarterbacks can come in and handle expectations because I think Panther fans are expecting playoffs immediately out of the gate and that's not the typical route for a number one overall pick no that's a good point because we don't spend a whole lot of time of the expectations coming from a number one overall pick in this immediate situation right like sometimes you don't have a ton of pressure being that number one overall selection because playoffs aren't exactly on the horizon right then and there. So that's a good point. There's always going to be pressure of being the number one pick because you don't want to be the bust. And so at some point it's going to arrive, especially I would even say after that second year, if you don't have it figured out and if you don't at least make improvement your rookie season, yeah, it's coming one way or another, but you are right. Like whoever takes over with this roster In this week division, in a conference, I know we have differing views on the NFC, but I don't think it's as good as the AFC. We know the NFC South is weak. Yeah, man, you you are. Everybody's kind of looking at you sideways like, man, if you don't get a postseason, I, you know, like you at least I think this season is a little bit acceptable. I think this season, if you don't get it, that's going to be the fallback. No, I, be, well, you know, we had a rookie quarterback, stuff like that. But, no, I'm with you, yeah. and, I, and I will be here sending that message all year long as we watch. But, I mean, people are going to kind of, if they're in contention, you're going to want your quarterback to perform well right then and there and go after it. And then they're going to look back at, well, Sam Darnold, 
they got him within, you know, playing meaningful football within the last sure. two weeks. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to it's see. It's going to depend. I mean, if the Saints come out of the box and they're smashing people and they look like a real contender, then I mm-hmm. think that's going to save phase for the Panthers just a little bit. Because if you have a team that wins this division with 11 or 12 games, mm-hmm. you can say, hey, look, we weren't ready to do that just yet. Now, one other int- there's a few uh, intriguing things that Scott Fitterer talked about in this podcast with Adam Schefter. I did want to get to one other soundbite, though, because they talked about the DJ Moore piece in the negotiations. And Adam Schefter, I actually thought, did a good job of getting some clarity about just how important DJ Moore was to getting the deal done. No, it's not surprising, but it's nice to get confirmation. Now we know just how important it was for him to be included to get that deal done. Scott Fitterer spoke about that on the Schefter pod, and here he is discussing just uh, how much it took, sorry, just how upset it was, right, to try to have to include DJ Moore, but also it being important to do so. You know what, that, that was a part of it. Yeah, that's a huge part of it, actually. And it was it was a, a piece that wasn't easy for us to give up. One, you know, there's many reasons. One, Who's your quarterback can throw to? You know, if you trade your best receiver, you're also trading one of the like great guys in your locker room. You're trading a guy that's really close with ownership. You know, especially Nicole Tepper. You're trading a guy you really don't want to trade. He's a he's a building block on your team, but it's he's a piece that they really wanted, and I understand why they wanted them. And that that was what was able to push it over the top. And even though we didn't want to do it, we're going up to get a quarterback, and that changes. The direction of your franchise. Unfortunately, we had to give DJ up. Hated to do it. Uh, he'll do great there in that offense. It'll be great for Justin Fields. They're getting a great person, but it hurt. It hurt, and it wasn't easy to do. For some reason, that comforts me a little more. And it, I, I was one that was saying, "Hey, this is not some small piece given up here with DJ." And I don't know if anybody, you know, thought it was nothing to get rid of him to go get that number one overall selection, but. One team had done enough to go get somebody to help their young QB. And at the time, one team had done enough to hurt that number one selection. Now they go out and they get average pieces, right? They get Hayden Hurst. And we've talked about that at nauseum for sure. I like what they did afterwards. And I always thought it was still something I would do. If I had to get rid of DJ Moore, then I would do it. Seems like they fought. But he also talks about how the process came together. And that's it. You did not hear it in the soundbite. But Scott Fitterer talked about at the Combine. He spoke with Ryan Poles. They had a conversation. They actually made an offer at combine time. And then eventually Scott Fitterer said he didn't want to just leave it out there. So he pulled the offer. And then he heard reports about how other teams were interested in going up to get number one. But Scott Fitterer wanted it badly enough. He says he calls David Tepper. You know, he talks to everybody. He makes a few calls and then he makes sure, okay, if we need to include DJ, uh, DJ, include DJ Moore, then we're going to have to do it. And he said it was funny because Nicole Tepper had a good relationship with DJ having been there. And she is a communicator with these players. And he joked about having to get her approval a little bit, joking about it, but also maybe not so joking how he needed her approval on top of David Tepper's in order to include DJ Moore in the trade. What say you on just that aspect of it all? Well, this is why, 
like they said, and everybody does things differently, but this is why you have to take the Patriots school of approach or some of the other successful franchises in history that they don't get to know the players like that. You can't develop too many friendships so that when these times come, you can think with a clear mind. Now, they did what needed to be done, sure, but you can't get so emotionally invested in these players that it kind of clouds your judgment. Now, as I just said, fortunately, it did not cloud the Panthers' uh, judgment when they made the move that they made, but uh, you have to just be like, hey, man, I started getting like that as a fan, too. When I was younger, I used to be attached to these players and like, oh, God, I can't believe you let him go. Were you emotionally attached like I am? Yeah, I was, man. I was emotionally attached, but now I'm just like, hey, got to go. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Unless the boo doesn't make any sense, but when you start to foresee things coming, like, for instance, when Alden Smith was killing it for the 49ers, and I was like, well... I don't think they should pay him the exorbitant deal that he'll command, so they'll probably need to deal him before the time is up. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, that's just how you have to do it. So everybody does it differently, but I do believe as far as just organizations, they need to keep that relationship a little bit more business-like so then when it does come time to make winning moves that you can make it with a clear conscience and not be worried about all that other stuff. And they eventually did. I'll say this about Scott too, man. One thing that he has shown during his tenure with Carolina It is more fun. It can be reckless if you don't do it the right way, but it is more fun to have his aggressive approach via the draft and via free agency and via trade deadline just in the middle of the regular season. You know, you know, Scott, the whole we're in on every deal thing. I know people are like, well, you got to make sure you can't just trade all the time. Okay, but it's nice to look every now and then. And in fact, it's nice to look every time. And then you can make that decision. Right? It doesn't mean that you're going to hit on everything. The C.J. Henderson trade, that did not work. You would like to have that third-round pick right now instead of C.J. Henderson, who has not performed ever since trading for him. But I do like the aggressive approach. I do like, okay, this is something that I have conviction about. I'm going to make it happen. And I wouldn't call it reckless, right? Like, as much as I was worried about D.J. Moore going to Chicago, I absolutely did not sit here and say it was reckless. I just said, okay, like, I hope you know what you're doing. And you know what? I feel good enough about how the offseason went afterwards to feel great about this team, the way they set up success for whatever quarterback was going to be number one, and I like Bryce Young enough to where if reports are true and he's the pick, I'm going to feel good about their situation this year. So I, I like that approach, and if we just care about the fun in sports, Fitter is a fun guy. As far as how fun you can be from a GM standpoint, <laughs> you know, I'm with it. And, and as long as you don't make the crazy move and just get rid of all your talent. Yeah, I mean, I guess we look at it and call it fun, but it's also job security. I mean, the man knows, listen, I have a limited time in this seat, and when I'm here, but I got to make the moves to keep my job that, right. That's the point. And, and we want the players to go out and play as such, but Scott Fitterer is operating with the mindset that, hey, I want to be here for a while, so I'm going to have to make moves to keep my butt in this seat, and also moves that will buy you cash so that if some things don't work out, you still are doing well enough to where people will still trust you and give you the credibility. All all right. Um, something else that is a lot of fun is when we go to these first Fitty flashes. Uh, uh, only when Fitty has something, though. How, what, what do you have right now that is going to bring the fun to the show? All right, guys. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball. As last night, the Braves got back to their winning ways after they beat the Marlins 11 to nothing. And Spencer Strider, he took a no-hitter deep into the eighth inning. They snapped a four-game losing streak in the process. Our favorite team here on the show, the Tampa Bay Rays, they beat the Houston Astros at home to set a modern MLB record for 14 straight wins to start the season. 
breaking a record with the 2009 Dodgers, who started 13-0 at home. And, of course, tonight, a reminder, the Charlotte Knights do return to action at Truist uh, Park as they uh, as they take on the Norfolk Tide at 6.05. All right, so a baseball-heavy update from Fiddy. We're going to talk soccer on the other side of the break and maybe some Jets conversation, too, because, well, he's a Jets fan. And I don't know if you know, but the Jets organization, they made some news yesterday. Stick mm. around for Willie P joining us next. Mm. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Play to the near side on a curling ball. Nicely done for Josviak. He's onside. Josviak with a cross into the area. One touch falling. He scores! Carol Sadarski from Kamil Josviak. Russell Rose sending it into the area. It's Morris. Morris a shot and they score. They're going to send the VAR. He could get a beer from everybody in Charlotte. No goal! Knocked away by Mackenzie Gaines. Sent in by Farsi. Head in on, and a save made by Marks on a head in from Zellerayan. Marks going to ground to make the save. Herrera sending it forward to Jason Russell Rowe. Rowe has it knocked away, and that is it! The crowd belongs to Charlotte! Charlotte FC with its first home victory of 2023 as they defeat the Columbus Crew 1 0. Jessica, I love this club. <laughs> Voice of Willie P. Charlotte FC's voice calling the victory the first one this year at Bank of America Stadium. FC getting it done one to nothing. And of course, Willie did a great job on the call. You got to be still excited, at least after it's not been a great season so far, right? We wanted some more expectations. And to get that, the crowd was bumping. I was in Uptown this weekend. A lot of people had their jerseys on. It was really cool to see everybody had the Glory Days t shirt. A lot of them, a bunch of different stuff going on Uptown supporting FC. And then I was also out for the festivities after the victory. And so that was a lot of fun. I imagine you had some fun as well. I love what happens to this city after a Charlotte FC win. Like walking around uptown, going by Lada Arcade, uh, going up and down the streets. You know, the bars are packed. You know, Clutch is packed. The nation from the stadium and all these places that... Uh, have TVs, have bars, that kind of thing. Like That is what really makes our city so special, especially when we were able to celebrate a home win like we had on Saturday night over Columbus. I'm going to ask you something very simple. How did they get the win in your mind? What were a couple of the more important things they took care of in order to win one nil? Took advantage of a little fortune that came their way. Uh, A lot of 50-50 balls during this first part of the season have not gone their way. A lot of the bounces have gone to the opposition's way. A lot of those things that had gone the other way had come Charlotte FC's way. And I think, you know, in a game like soccer, sometimes those things even themselves out going the other way. They had a couple of balls that sat right for them. They had an injury that occurred on the Columbus side that uh, really gave them a favorable matchup on that right side with Camille Josviak going up against Yaw Yaboa, who was in for the injured Will Sands. Uh, they took advantage of that on the play that got them the goal. And I also think that they played incredible defense down the stretch. I know that there are a lot of people who don't like the way that Christian Latanzio tries to put the game to bed by bringing in defensive subs late in the contest and basically having to put in a shell and a bunker mentality. But they executed their game plan a lot better in that contest than they had the previous week. And I really didn't think that, even though it was a 1-0 scoreline, aside from that 
goal that was taken off the field, off the board for offside. I didn't really feel like Columbus threatened a lot, guys. I think that they only got three shots on target, which I think is indicative of how well Charlotte FC played defensively. They didn't make George Marks have to do too much, and I think it was a real complete game. First one I think we've seen from them all season. Yeah, because coming into this game, they were heavy underdogs. This was the second highest scoring uh, offense in MLS. So what did you think? How worried were you coming into this game? And what do you think happened as far as just did you think that Columbus just was a little bit off of their game or how were they able to slow them down, though, specifically? I do think there might have been some complacency on Columbus's end. Uh, they put some players in the starting lineup like uh, Sean Zawatsky, who uh, played for the uh, for the guy who we always thought that was going to be their defense, uh, their midfield stalwart, Darlington Nagby. Uh, there was a little interesting comment from Wilfred Nancy about, oh, Darlington knows why we aren't playing him or why we didn't start him. So a little drama on the opposition side that we took advantage of. But I think there might have been some complacency. But I also think uh, it's Charlotte FC best players playing well i think the one thing that we have been very critical of over the early part of the season is you haven't gotten enough out of your designated players you haven't gotten enough out of camille Josviak. you haven't gotten enough out uh carol Sudersky and enzo capetti well i think you've gotten in the last couple of contests and in this little stretch of six games you've gotten the most out of those guys Josviak with a goal or an assist in basically five of the last six goals for charlotte fc You've had a great play from Carol Svidersky with the one-touch volley to score the goal. Capetti's the one who created that. You also throw in Karen Vargas as well, who has really come on strong. Charlotte FC's top four are playing very, very well when it comes to the way that this season has gone over the last couple of weeks, and I think it's only going to get better over the next couple as well. And they said that Swiderski, since he's come back from the international break, has been a more confident player. Do you see that in him? Does he seem like a different guy? Well, he scored in Poland, and I think that was a great thing for him to get on his ledger. He hadn't scored for them in a very, very long time. It was the ninth international goal he's ever scored, and I think Ever since we've seen him come back, like you said, he has looked that much better. I think he's playing what is more naturally his position now. Remember there was a stretch earlier in the year when they were asking him to play winger, and that really didn't settle his skill set very well. The fact that he's playing more of a central attacking midfielder, almost kind of like a support striker for Enzo Capetti, it makes defenders have to make a choice. Now, early on in this season... Defenders have been choosing Enzo Capetti. They've been saying, okay, we do not want to let Enzo Capetti beat us. Well, when that happens, that opens up Carol Svidersky for chances across the middle. And so that's going to kind of be an ebb and flow thing, I think, for defenses all across this season is that you're going to have Charlotte FC when all four of their top players offensively are playing on their game. It causes defenders to have to make a choice, which means one of those guys is more than likely going to be open and take a shot. Willie P is inside the Planet Kia studio, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. I want to get to a couple of questions with FC real quickly because there's actually a lot I'd like to get with you here in the studio. So, one, the club competing in the U.S. Open Cup tonight. What mm-hmm. type of lineup do you expect to see? Also, maybe even including the move they made yesterday trading Andre Shinyashiki and Adam Armour away from the club. Ooh. Well, Shinyashiki and Armour, I don't think that was necessarily going to affect what they use because those those guys have both been out of the lineup for Charlotte FC. I know we'll get to the, the reason behind those moves in just a moment, but when I asked Christian Latanzo about this yesterday, he says 
this probably is going to be some natural rotation. You know, some of those guys who put in higher level minutes against Columbus last weekend probably aren't going to be featured, but he's not going to rotate it too much because I think he really loves and respects club football and our cup football, I should say. And as a result, they want to put forth the best 11 that they possibly can. I think it's going to be basically like it would be uh, an 11 B 11 side on a midweek uh, during MLS play. So I do think you're probably going to see a lot of the regular starters. You might see some Ben Bender, Chris Hagard in there in terms of the midfield because I don't think you want to burn uh, Bronico or Jones in this contest. And I think you might also see Christian Kalina at goal. I asked him point blank, is this a game where you start Kalina because you started Marks on Saturday and you started Pablo Cisniega against Crown Legacy on Sunday? I think it's natural to assume that maybe Kalina gets the nod on Tuesday night here. And I think that's probably what's going to end up happening, although he did not confirm it expressly. All right, so you talked about those moves. What do you make of those moves that they made yesterday, and how does that impact uh, impact the depth? Well, from Charlotte FC's perspective, Shinishiki had been out of the squad for the last couple of contests, and there was a question put forth toward Christian Latanzio. He was very, I think, guarded about the reasons behind his lack of inclusion in the 18 and 20. I know that Jorge Gonzalez this morning spoke about an off-the-pitch issue. I haven't been told that directly. And when it comes to these kind of moves and the reasons behind them, you know, I, I pretty much like to play the whole, you know, I won't ask and you won't tell. It leaves me a little plausible deniability there, which I'm happy about because uh, i just rather talk about the guys on the pitch. And I think if the move that's been reported by Tom Bogart goes through, uh, that brings Charlotte FC a player and Justin Merriam, who I've really, really liked over the course of his MLS career. He was in Atlanta in 2019. He's been around the league, and he's an MLS veteran. I think you don't have a lot of that on Charlotte FC's side, which I think is honestly a pretty uh, interesting and inclusive side. They've needed some wing depth. They've not had a lot of wingers uh, who are natural uh, from the outside spot uh, for Charlotte FC to play in on that role. So I do think he comes in, plays in a reserve role for Charlotte FC. The Adam Armour reported potential moving on that was reported, I think, by Carol Walton as well as Jorge Gonzalez. Uh, the injuries for him have been something that has been hard to kind of overcome. He's had setback after setback. Uh, I'm not sure the inside behind why they want to potentially part ways from him, but the guy who scored Charlotte FC's first ever goal has struggled to stay on the field since tearing his ACL in open cup play last year. Willie, real quick, do you think that this win sparks up something and they get on a little bit of a streak, or is this just kind of a one-off? I think it can spur some, because I think DC is a winnable game, even though it is on the road. I think it's a revenge opportunity for Charlotte FC. It was their first ever game last year that they played in DC and they didn't show their best face in that contest if they would tell you themselves honestly. And I think they didn't have the opportunity to because they were still getting players in. I think Carroll still had visa issues, so they didn't even play him. They had to play T.T. Ortiz as a false nine in that game. So it's a situation where it's a team that you feel like you can beat. I think week after this is uh, NYCFC, which is a game at home, and I think getting a little bit of that home momentum is very, very good as well. And then you have a revenge opportunity at Atlanta. I think we'll know a lot more about Charlotte FC's next little bit uh, if you get to by, by Mother's Day. I think it could be a springboard, and we always know the way this league is situated, there's a lot of parity. Any team can beat any other team on any given day. NASCAR Brad rode in, saw Willie P on the news, now in the studio. Give this guy a raise. We appreciate it. Thank we you, appreciate NASCAR you joining Brad. us in the Planet Kia studios. I do have to get, just real quickly, everything is real quickly. Your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Are you excited as a Jets fan? You, you know, I thought we already did this. The trade for the Packer quarterback, uh, the aging Packer quarterback. You did, right? I, I, I thought I thought, I thought, we already did this. I thought I already lived this. Time is a flat circle. Uh, I have no expectations because, again, it's the Jets. And if there's any team that could mess up something of this magnitude, it is them. So I'm, I'm, I'm not... 
I'm not reserving Super Bowl tickets. I'm mm-hmm. not going out and making any type of proclamations. I'm not making any grandiose opportunities. I'm I'm here for uh, I'm here for the Bryce show. That's I what I'm here for. That. Voice of Charlotte FC, pessimistic Jets fan, <laughs> Billy P joining us and doing a great job as always. By, by, by the way, do we are we believing this guy who's on Reddit talking about Levis and no. uh, Okay, good. We don't. I, I, I we gave it the light of day. People were mad that we gave it the light of day. I didn't do a great job Until of bringing it, happens. it in. Well, yeah, there you go. This is that's that's why we love you, Wes. I would I would I would not like it. Yeah. It would not it would not no. be preferred for me. No, I wouldn't like it either. Plus, we have some great Bryce puns that we wouldn't be able to use, like Bryce up, son, mm-hmm. Bryce up. I mean, we can't do the that. Will to win. Will no, see, you will about I am low hanging fruit. Well, you, you know, <laughs> will you love me? There is only room for one <laughs> overhyped will in this city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got him. We got him. That's okay. No, I think you're underhyped, man. All right, we got to get out of here. Willie, we appreciate it. I saw I saw Josh Marlowe's eyeballs just go wide because he's going to save that putt now. <laughs> appreciate 100%. you guys. A couple more hours to go on Wes and Walker. Plenty more to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Willie P is a klutz.